It's Tuesday, February 9th. Welcome to Market Forward. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, the one and only Morgan Housel. Thanks for being here. How you doing? I'm doing well. We're actually taping this early. Okay. Because uh, I'm not in the office on Tuesday. All and right. Mark Reith, who is normally sitting in this chair, uh, as he was last week when you and I and Dan Boyd were in San Diego, and we're going to talk about that today, um, uh, Mark's in Iceland. Okay. Which, you know what? Iceland in February? How can you turn that down when you're a young and vigorous person like Mark? We were actually talking about this uh, the other day. So many people from my generation going to Iceland right now. Really? Everybody I know is going to Iceland. In February? Or just in general? Just in general, I think. What's the appeal? No disrespect to anyone in Iceland who may be listening. Here's what I think it is. It's still off the beaten path enough that it has some allure. You know, it's not like you're going to Paris or someplace traditional. But since so many people have been, it people know it's safe and there are things to do there. People have seen pictures of it because all their friends have been. So it's like it's like the perfect balance between risky and knowable. Have you been? That's my theory. No, but we almost we we've thought about it. But I've, I've thought about going to a lot of places, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, the event that we did in San Diego, and I, I mentioned this yesterday that. Uh, a couple of times a year, we will have an investing event for members of our Motley Fool One service. We were in San Diego, and if for anyone who's ever been to an investing conference, uh, whether it's something like the Money Show or or something else, uh, a lot of content. Uh, the morning was keynote speakers. You were one of them, Suzanne Fry. Who is a, the newest member of our board of directors? But uh, her day job is she's the director of security, trust, and privacy for Google Apps. She gave a phenomenal presentation. It's yeah, great. Uh, and then breakout sessions in the afternoon on everything from retirement planning and taxes to stocks, different small caps growth. Uh, Jeff Fisher did a thing on options. So so a lot of content. Uh, before I ask you about your piece of it. I know you got the chance to take in other parts of the day. What what are one or two things that stood out to you as an investor? Well, it's always great to get to meet our investors firsthand. The best thing about having an online financial community is we can bring so many thousands of people together. But the biggest challenge, I guess, is that we never, we rarely meet those people face to face. And these events are a great opportunity to hear from people, hear the challenges and the opportunities that they see with their own personal finances, and just hear how people use our services, what people think of the stock market. It's great. It's a great event to come together uh, and, and meet everybody. What's one or two things from, because I, uh, I know from having observed you, from having introduced you, and having watched you in the... That's an interesting way to describe our relationship. <laughs> you observe me. There were moments when when I was observing you and others, because Emily Wallingsford, who's our director of events, and she's managing the whole operation. Part of Emily's job is is making sure that everything goes off without a hitch, and sometimes that involves getting people from point A to point B. So there were times where she would say, ah, "There's a crowd of people around Jeff Fisher, and we need him to get to his breakout yeah. session. Can you go pull him out of there?" What's one or two things from your talk? You gave a 45-minute keynote. What's one or two things that members seem to respond to from your conversations with them? One point that I made in the talk was that there is a natural tendency to associate complexity 
with added value in investing. So if there's a theory or an idea that's really complicated and based around sophisticated math, we automatically assume that that is that is correlated with added value. It's going to be this is something that's going to make us more money because it's complicated and smart people came up with it. And I just think it's almost always the other way around in investing, that the most powerful stuff that makes the biggest difference is the stuff that is simple and boring, and so boring that nobody wants to talk about. So that's that's one point that I tried to make, and I and I think people resonated with it because we all implicitly know it's true, but we don't think about it very often because it's it's it, it, it's something that we feel should be true, but there's still part of our brain that says. It can't be that simple. Investing can't be as simple as just buying a portfolio of companies and holding for 20 years. It has to be more complicated than that. But it's really not. And isn't part of that also that we're, we just love or have some sort of attraction to the esoteric idea, the new idea, yeah. the, the obscure company doing the new thing that fewer people have heard of. Part of it is just the exclusivity of it. Yeah. Part of it is the newness, as opposed to, hey, you know what stock I think is going to do pretty well over the next few years? This company that you've heard of. Right. Yeah. You know, if, you know, some of the most popular companies over time have been some of the best performers. That's why they're popular. But yeah, there's always a tendency that people want to want to tell their friends, tell their family that they're doing something that's unique and exclusive, uh, and sometimes that works, but it off, it often doesn't. So yeah, it's just another point of uh, the simple and the basic being what people should focus on. I've run into that a couple of times, not often, but a couple of times. If at an event like this, if you're talking and and you'll end up talking about stocks. And I'm always curious what what has worked for people, what has not worked for people. I'll get those questions in return, and if ever the question comes up, well, what's what's been your best performing stock over your adult lifetime? There have been a couple of times when I've said, you know, the answer is Starbucks. But there have been a couple of times when I've said that, that the look on the other person's face is one of sheer disappointment, because they were hoping for the esoteric, the new, the obscure. There's a friend of mine that wrote about this recently. He wrote about a post about uh, this investment fund that is the envy of the hedge fund world. It has returns of about 9% a year, very consistent, almost never loses money. When it does lose money, it's a, just a tiny lost loss. And just year after year, just steady, consistent returns. And it talks about you know how this is just such a standout in the hedge fund community. And at the bottom, he says, actually, I fooled you. This isn't a hedge fund. It's an index fund of corporate bonds. <laughs> Not just but an nobody, index fund, an index fund yeah, of, of corporate, corporate bond, bonds. But nobody wants to think that way. So, you know, from the start, you can look at it and be like, wow, this is, these guys are brilliant. This is some really sophisticated stuff. And it's just some basic stuff that you can get in your 401k. Earlier, you alluded to the temperament of our members at this event. And it was interesting uh, on Monday, back in the office, catching up with some of our colleagues who were not part of this trip. There were about 20 to 25 of us from Full HQ who, who went out to San Diego. But catching up with a few uh, on the analyst team, and they said, hey, hey, you know, how, how was San Diego? And I was like, oh, it was great. You know, the event seemed to go well. And, and, and they eventually asked what they wanted, what was clearly on their mind, and it was, what about LinkedIn? Right. What what about that? And for those who missed it, shares of LinkedIn down forty one percent on Friday, forty three percent, something like that. This is a stock we 
have talked about on this podcast, on our radio show. It is a frequently recommended stock throughout the last, I would say, five to seven years here at The Motley Fool yeah. through our services. And it was just interesting that the people who were here were all just terrified, thinking, oh, gosh, members are going to be flipping out. Oh, I didn't talk to a single person. LinkedIn, I think, came up once in yeah. one Q&A session, and it was essentially, hey, what do you think happened there? Mm-hmm. But but it was it was just so refreshing that the reality of how members in San Diego at this event were thinking, and who knows, maybe some of them were freaking out, maybe they just kept it on the inside, but it really seemed like their temperament was very focused on the long term. And that's encouraging, because to me, that is a sign that the foolish philosophy of long-term investing and not getting caught up in the news is working and resonating with people, which is really encouraging from my point of view. When I got to San Diego, I checked into the hotel and checked in with some of the folks who were setting up, that sort of thing. And then we went out to dinner, which was great because it was a fabulous restaurant. And by the way, thank you to a few of our listeners who emailed or or on Twitter hit me up with recommendations. We were we were able to get to some of these places. It was fantastic. When you got to San Diego, you went straight to a rental car agency. Yeah, headed up to Orange County. That's right. I stopped at Del Taco along the way, which was not uh, on the recommended list from our readers. What is Del Taco? You don't know what Del Taco is? No, clearly Del I Taco don't. is a fast food, but apparently it's just on the West Coast. Maybe it makes Taco Bell look like a fine dining establishment. <laughs> but but it's a chain. Yes. So it is. I'm it, surprised you never heard of it. it it's is, huge on the West Coast. It is popular enough that uh, that the fact that it, at least the way you're alluding to the quality, making Taco Bell look like fine dining. Yeah. I got a full meal and it was four dollars and twenty six cents. <laughs> I had How were you feeling after the meal? <laughs> I made it. All right. <laughs> um before we wrap up, any members stand out to you? Any I, I I one of the things I love about these events is there are members who have been to multiple events and you get to see uh, essentially, uh, old friends, people who we we saw in yeah. Miami, people we saw elsewhere at other events, but then there's in this case more than half the people who were attending were new. So it's always great to to meet new members. Anyone stand out to you? What what always stands out to me, and there are a few, if not several, of them that you that I meet at all these meetings are people who have been with the Fool for seventeen, eighteen, twenty years, and that's that's cool to see too. Because that's where the most value is going to come, or not from people that have been with us or join us for six months, follow us for a couple months, and then move on. It's people that are going to join us for years, if not decades. That's how compound interest works. It's a long-term endeavor. So to hear people that have been with us for that long is really encouraging. Yeah, it is great to when you have those people who, and, and this happens at least once every event, it's someone who says, I've been with you since AOL. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's because that's how, before fool.com, it was just AOL. I had, I had one member one time. This is at a different event. Said that they've been with the fool since I think 1987, and I, I didn't. I, I didn't correct him, but I just, I just nodded my head. The, the fool, of course, was not around in that. Founded in 1993, right? but yeah. that's that's pretty amazing. I, I went along with it. Um, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, to one of our Motley Fool One members, a gentleman who I met for the first time, uh, Fred uh, Osterhagen or Osterhagen. I'm butchering his last name, so I'm sorry, Fred. Uh, in his 70s, and just 
really engaging. I mean, he was sitting right up in the front row, was taking notes. Uh, I, I talked with him during a couple of breaks because I was doing a lot of uh, MCing, so I was up back and forth on the stage uh, a few times, and just uh, just one of those older people that makes me think, gosh, I would I would love to have that energy when I'm his age. But even more impressive was his companion for this event was his 16-year-old granddaughter. Um, they live in Nevada, and uh, I think I was, t- I was telling someone, it might have been you yeah. uh, earlier, that I didn't have that kind of relationship with my grandfather, no. so it's great to see um, uh, you know, family members who are separated by five or six decades have that kind of relationship. But the fact that here's this guy in his 70s, completely engaged, uh, taking notes, and then uh, right next to him, at the table, his granddaughter Chloe, 16 years old, just taking all kinds of notes, chatted with her, and just one of those people where I think, whereas in his case, I thought, gosh, I hope I have that kind of energy when I'm in my 70s. I looked at her and I thought, oh, I would love to have 80 years of compound interest yeah. ahead of me like she has. I was just going to make the point that the 16 year old is likely the least experienced investor in the room. But maybe without knowing it has the greatest advantage of anyone in the room, and that is maybe 70 years of investing in front of her, which everyone else in the room could only dream about. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.